the honest answer, honest gut answer here on Friday, January 20th. Have we seen the last game of Tom Brady's NFL career? I think so. I really, truly do. Um, The way he walked off that field, just some of the body, you know, the. His body language was not great that whole game. And I guess probably the biggest thing for me, um, he really didn't seem like he cared. I think it just got so out of hand that he just lost confidence in everything. He, he, I mean, he didn't have time to throw the football. His receivers weren't getting open. Uh, but if that was the last time we just – the GOAT took the field uh, – And that's the other thing, like as a competitor, I don't want that to be the last time I take the field like that. But here's the thing. You had an opportunity to go out on hot, uh, like on a high note when you won the Super Bowl two years ago. But now all of a sudden you're in a rut. Your your team's struggling offensively for certain. But uh, Josh, I think so. I think we have seen the last of Tom Brady, but I hope not just because of like the competitiveness in him, I think that he'll want to come back. Yeah. I guess like, I just question, does he have anything left? Right. Like what, honestly, like what does he have left? Because, and if you look at that game as a whole, I, they got dominated start to finish, right? They were dominated. Yep. Start to finish. Um, Speaking of finishing, I man, we're coming up to the end, right? Like it, it will be two years in a row that we have successfully put out a football pod every week. Um, we do apologize for the lateness of this week's pod. Um, very so, understandable. Yeah. So, um, Grandma passed away. Had to, you know, went to the funeral. All of that travel finally got back trying to get back in the swing um but back to the goat his team i his team let him down yeah, i think I, like the whole game plan let them down like they refused to run the ball right. number 1 and it seemed like when the first two runs weren't successful they they immediately abandoned the run Okay, okay, now let me ask you this question, Josh. Because as news came out on Tuesday, they turn around, immediately fire their offensive coordinator, Brian Lefwich, okay? If you're Tom Brady, your offensive coordinator gets fired in the way that your offense had been struggling all year, you go in to Bruce Arian, technically, and he tells you, Tom, I'm going to get you a high-end offensive coordinator to come in here, get our offense clicking, and get you back to the Super Bowl. How do you turn that down? What do you have? I guess my question is, okay, it's not – I don't think it's just a matter of the offensive coordinator. I think they're missing pieces to this. Now, they were – they were beat up on the offensive line, which clearly showed the amount of times Tom Brady threw under duress on Monday night. 
Right. It, and there is that piece and a hundred percent agree with that. But I, like, I look, I just, I looking at this Bucks team, if they would have run through the division and then struggled against the Cowboys, that would have been one thing, but this is a team who went eight and nine against a bad central or South division. Right. And I agree with you hundred percent. I think the one piece of this team that was struggling for most of this season was the run game. You have Leonard Fournette, okay? Playoff Lenny, 11 yards rushing in the first round of the playoffs, right? You think that, and, and again, the reason for that is because Tampa Bay was down so quick so early that you had to hear the ball out. It takes the run game out of it. But throughout the season, they were not able to consistently run the football. Offensive line troubles. Offensive scheme troubles, Josh. Yeah. You get an offensive coordinator in there. You can't tell me that a, with the weapons of Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, and Mike Evans, if they all three return, how can you not want to come back and throw to those guys? Fantastic weapons on your offense. I think the problem is, as you said, the defensive side of the ball. That was something that that won them the Super Bowl. I mean, Tom Brady was a big part of that Super Bowl run, but that defense won you a Super Bowl. Yeah, and that was supposed to be their calling card again this year. And you did not see it. You didn't. And, I mean, even at home, from snap to snap in that game Monday night, um, they they just got dominated on every single side of the ball. The Cowboys did whatever they wanted to do. Yes, yeah, so the whole I, game. Yep, and I think that if you're Tom Brady, I said at the beginning again, I think that we've seen the last of him. I think. However, I really think if I'm Tom Brady and I'm a competitor, and this is the last game that I play, no, it ain't happening. I'm coming back again. You, the marriage situation, the you know. That's all taken care of now for him. Yeah. Why not come back and play more football? You ruined your marriage, basically. Now, again, right? maybe. Who knows what happens behind closed doors. But you basically said to Giselle, like, I'm going back. I'm playing football. If right. you If you could do it again, do it. Yeah. I, I think one thing, though, that if I'm Tom Brady, one of the things that has to be understood – with coming back, he cannot be throwing the ball 70 times a game. No, can't happen. I mean, that that's just – that's not a recipe for success for anyone in the NFL. I mean, for, for a team to com- to attempt 66 passes on 78 offensive snaps. Right. Like, it's just – and the thing is, man, you have Leonard Fournette in yep. the backfield. And I think Rashad White really came on the scene for Tampa Bay this year as that good number two running back who kind of at times turned into a number one. So you have those two as well. If I'm Tom, man, I'm having a really hard time saying no. But just everything again. But this is the same thing as we talk about with Aaron Rodgers, Josh. We go through every offseason. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Well, the way that he talks makes it seem like he's not coming back. But that's what these two guys want. They want the spotlight to be shining on them, whether or not they're playing football. Yeah. 
just by the way that they talk and they simply do that. And, and I think overall with, with this Bucks team this year, it, it was just a, it was, it was almost like a buffet of all you can eat of everything that could go wrong went wrong. Right. A little bit like the Packers this yeah. year. Anything and everything that could go wrong Did. for the yeah. Bucks went wrong. Now, let's also give full credit to the Cowboys, man. They came in 128 yards on the ground, Dak threw for 305 yards, four tuds. No picks. Ran. I mean, Dak. Th- this was the statement game for Dak Prescott. Absolutely. Th- this is the Dak we saw at Mississippi State, who everyone saw transitioning to the NFL. I feel like this was that first statement game for him that said, "I'm here. I want to be considered among the elite quarterbacks in the NFL." Right, and that's the thing is that you got a lot of good ru- quarterbacks that you're going to have to go through to win the NFC North. Now. I still think there's a lot of question marks, though, right? Right now, if you had to rank the final four quarterbacks in the Mm -hmm. NFC, it would be kind of tough because you got those wild cards, right? Brock Purdy's playing fantastic football, but is he an elite Mm -hmm. guy? Probably not. He has just got so many fantastic weapons around him that it's just making him look better than what he really is. Daniel Jones. Another situation that he is just playing his best football as of late. Is it him? Is it Brian DeBold being a fantastic coach? Because, again, what did Brian DeBold do in Buffalo? He got Josh Allen to that next level. Is he doing that now for Daniel Jones? Because if you see and you watch the New York Giants offense, it that quarterback position really reminds you of Josh Allen. A guy that can run the football, a guy that can throw the football when he needs to. And right now, Daniel Jones is throwing to grocery store Joe. He's not throwing to anybody that's fantastic, like a Stefan Diggs or a Dawson Knox or a Gabe Davis. If you had to tell me the four quarterbacks being in the final four were going to be Dak Prescott, oh, I'd say, okay. Jalen Hurts, okay. But then you go Brock Purdy. And then you go Daniel Jones. You at the beginning you're saying, well, first off, who's Brock Purdy? Second off, Daniel Jones, absolutely not. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. It, and I think like if you would have said team wise, three out of the four, I wouldn't be surprised on the. The only one that I would be surprised on would be the Giants at the beginning of the year because if you would have told me the Niners would be there, okay. Even after Trey Lance went down, if you would have said that Jimmy G would have let him out and been like, yeah, I can see it. Same way with Dak. We all kind of saw the Eagles coming, maybe not to this extent, but we knew it was only a matter of time before they got there. Right. I, I think the biggest thing with the Cowboys is if this is the defense that they're going to play with, they're going to be tough. Now, here's the thing. I don't think they're going to go into San Francisco and put up 30 points. Uh, no, I, 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 I just, I don't see that. Now, Hey, they might, but I mean, I think just the complete and total beatdown that we saw Monday night was very, very impressive. Um, much like my first question was about Tom Brady. Have we seen the last Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform? Have we seen the last of Lamar in a Ravens uniform? You know, that's going to be – we have a lot of fantastic storylines to follow this offseason. 
right? I mean, and one of them being Lamar. Um, just the situation that Huntley was put in because of this whole, like, you know, maybe Lamar is hurt. Maybe he is, you know, but I just have a hard time believing that the way that this, first off, if he is truly hurt, the way this was handled by the front office was awful. Horrible. Awful. Now, I've been watching um, and listening to a lot of what RG3 has been saying on the morning shows on ESPN. Right. And that, that's an angle on this. Like, hey, if you're a pocket passer, okay, that, that's one thing. But Lamar so much was his ability to pivot, was to move, to make those violent cuts in and out. And if he's not able to do that with confidence, that, that's his game. Like, his game's then right. is gone. Right, and you saw what happened to RG3. You know, he braced it up and played for his team and basically ended his career. Yeah. So if that's the case, then I understand. But the Ravens are going to have to get out the pocketbook, Josh. And Well, they're going to have to pay someone. But does is Lamar Jackson worth that kind of money? That's the question that you have to ask you and your franchise. I don't. I have a hard time getting rid of a guy that just recently won the MVP a couple years ago. Right, and, and I guess my question would be, okay, is if you're going to move on to Lamar, what's your solution? Yeah, see, and I, to me, then you got to look into the draft. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be a team that's willing to try to again? You know, I love bringing this up, but you got a number one pick that's up for grabs. To, it right. is, but see, here's the thing. The I think any right, any trade piece for the Ravens is going to probably have to involve Lamar. Right, and the Bears don't want Lamar Jackson. No, we have him. We have you better, have you. We have a better version of him. You hope. I know he's a better passer. And so the thing is, then, is that if you are going to trade up in the draft, okay, you're going to have to find a team that wants a Lamar Jackson. And after this last stretch of him not playing, after this last stretch of injuries, who's going to take Lamar? Right. It's becoming a locker room liability. It's becoming an injury liability. It's becoming a guy that do you believe that he's going to play a full season of games? You just don't know. So this is, a again, Josh, lots of off-season questions that we're going to have to follow. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Even without Lamar, they stuck in. They were right there. Right. Right. I mean, they are a fumble away. But And what is it about John Har- or Harbaugh brother coach teams fumbling on the goal line? What a turn of just. I, the thing, it's the same thing that happened to Michigan, man. The yeah. same thing. They get down there, had a play that looked like it could have been a touchdown, put the ball instead inside. Guy, you know, reaching for, fighting for yards, fumble goes. I mean, I. but again, I guess what my question would be on all of this, why is Tyler Huntley the one carrying the ball in that situation? That, that's my biggest question. I guess really, but to me, J.K. Dobbins had a really fantastic game on the ground. For and you, right, you have him in the backfield. Right. And turn hand. 
Right. And lower cover and go. Right. I just, I agree. Uh, I just, I just think that Harbaugh's, both Harbaugh's struggle coaching in big games. You know, I just, I, I just don't think they like the big situations. I don't think they're good for the big moment. And now, I do I think Baltimore was going to make any sort of noise in the playoffs without Lamar? No. Wide receivers beat up. You know, they were literally down to their third string receiver that was signed. Well, and then really their number one receiver was technically in this game was Watkins had a better game than Robinson, who was their number one receiver, who started the season as their number three receiver. Yeah. Just too many injuries. I think their defense is fantastic. Um, They did a good job. They made the decision to give Roquan $100 million. Uh, Guy had a good season. Do I think that Roquan, paying Roquan $100 million is going to help you win a Super Bowl? No, I don't. I I just think – the, those linebacker position guys are a dime a dozen. Uh, and it's it just – that's not a marquee position to help you win a Super Bowl. Now, am I not am I saying that Roquan's not worth $100 million? Absolutely not. The guy is a fantastic linebacker, if not one of the best linebackers in the game. But there's just so many things that the Ravens need. Oh, they really need the guys to stay healthy. But uh, you give credit to uh, – to Cincinnati for sticking in there. Their defense made plays. Josh, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't want to play Joe Burrow in the playoffs. Yeah, I get – so here, here's where I'm coming at. His line is very deceptive right? of how he managed that football game. Oh, yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for me – on the Joey B front was that he managed the football game very, very well. Right. No, I would agree with that. And I, I just think Jamar chase being healthy now just makes a whole heck of a difference for this. Well, it, it changes because I, as good as T Higgins is, he's not the guy. No. They needed a guy, and Jamar Chase is the guy. Oh, yeah. Now, here's what I will say. If the Bengals come out on Sunday and play the way they did against Buffalo, they're going to get beat by 30. Oh, for sure. I don't think they're going to play the same way. I think that the way this game played, just the tempo of it, the way that the the long possessions – I think the Bengals just happened to play into the game that it was playing out to be. Yeah. But they know they got to go into Buffalo and expect to score 35 points to stay in and win the football game. So 24 yeah. is cut it. It's it's not going to cut it. Um I, but here's the thing. Dare I say that the Bills didn't necessarily look great either? I would agree. I I was s- surprised by the performance of their offense. Josh Allen looked lost. And to me, and I talked to actually our resource officer at school wore a Stefan Diggs jersey to school today, big Buffalo Bills guy. And I talked to him and, and I said that the problem on – that was on Sunday afternoon. The problem on Sunday afternoon was that 
there was no in-between intermediate throws for Allen. They no. were either 45-yard bombs down the field or checkdowns. There no. was no 15-yard routes being run that were open. So he was either bombing it down the field, checking it down, or tucking it and running it. And to me, if you make Buffalo do that, that's a recipe for success because as we saw on Sunday afternoon, Allen will make mistakes. He made multiple mistakes that kept the Dolphins in the football game. A third-string quarterback, Skylar Thompson, almost beat you on the road in the first round of the playoffs. If that happened, I thought that that was going to shake up that franchise, man. Like, this is the year for Buffalo. And then the way that game was starting to play out, and again, I said it from the get. If you let Miami stick in this game, they're going to find a way to make it close. Yep. I thought this was the best all-around game Miami played all year long. Yep. Yes, they gave up points, right? They gave up 34 points. You're going to playing the Bills. That defense played fantastic. Yep. Turning Josh Allen over, right? Josh Allen turning the ball over three times. Three times. Two interceptions in that fumble that was returned for a touchdown that got the Dolphins right back in the football game. But, Josh, what did we always say? You have to have a run game to complement your offense, right? 48 yards is their leading rusher. Josh Allen had 20 yards. And to me, Josh Allen's a 50-yard-a-rush kind of guy. I think Miami did a really nice job quarterback spying him, forcing Yeah, they him. did. You know, it- and I think this was as much on the Miami defense, especially in the second half, as it was anything else. I mean, the second part of that third quarter and the fourth quarter, I there just wasn't a lot there for the Bills offensively. And, yeah, the, the Bills, kind of like what we said about Justin Jefferson and the Vikings earlier on in the season, they're going to get theirs. They're going to hit the big home run ball. The thing that you have to avoid is getting knocked out by that one punch. Right. You can't let two or three haymakers put you down. No. And, and the Dolphins didn't. I mean, they, they're right there with a chance to win the whole game. And that that's why I say, hey, but playoffs are weird, man. Playoff pressure is a different breed. And I, a team who, well, we kind of knew wasn't there. Yeah. Like, the, the Vikings – Simply got embarrassed. School. Like, school. And, and I saw people that were trying to defend them. Stop. Well, we knew that they, no, shut up. You were 13 and four. You were frauds. Kirk Cousins, only thugs at noon, boys. He's just. And here's the thing. Was he horrible? 31 of 39, 273, and two tuts. Great. No. Fine. Fine. That that's fine. But the rest the, the te- like what what are you doing? Josh, we we said this all season long that this was an overrated football team. They were. They're an overrated football team. They have a fantastic weapon in Justin Jefferson. They have a fantastic weapon in Dalvin Cook. Then they go out and get TJ Hawkinson as a tight end. You got Adam Thielen. 
they have all the pieces on offense that you could ever want. Hear me out, Josh. If I'm Minnesota, I'm looking to make a quarterback change in the offseason. I just think that it's time to move on from Kirk Cousins if you're Minnesota. I just think that you've had too many. I've seen the same thing over and over and over again with him. He is a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback that's going to go out and make a play and win you a game. You saw yeah. that on Sunday. Well, and I think you all watched it happen. So you and I had talked um, that the Packers had given teams the blueprint, physical pop Justin Jefferson in the mouth. Right. Well, and that's what exactly. Adoree Jackson did. Yep. Like if, if you look at Justin Jefferson's line, I believe it was seven catches for 47 yards. Not yep. going to get the job done if you want to be a tier one. And here's what I'll say about Justin Jefferson. You can put up all the regular season numbers that you want to. Until you can put that money in the playoffs, no one's going to take you seriously as a top-level wide receiver. And like, this whole Vikings team got exposed. Oh, yeah. And, and the problem is, too, you got TJ Hawkinson going for 10 for 129 yards and you still lose the football game? I... I'm just – this is just – they're not – they're not ever going to be a top-tier team with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. And everyone is always like, oh, well, it's not Kirk Cousins' fault. Okay, we're, we're going to go to the last play of the game, Josh. Fourth and eight, let's throw a two-yard pass. What? I don't care if you th- – I would rather you throw one up 20 yards down the field for grabs than do that garbage. Yep. That, but he had no shot. As as a, a anyone on the sideline, you have to go. We're paying this guy what? Yep, he's through the ball because you and okay, you had a chance with that. You have Hawkinson, Thielen, and Jefferson. Do and some, you're not going to throw like Hawkinson. They'd even like get to the sticks. Every single wide receiver has to be at the sticks. Right. And if you're going to run Hawkinson, it almost seemed like he was supposed to be almost a decoy underneath or as one of those, hey, if they back everyone off to not let up the deep ball, then we'll dump it for the first down. I, I don't know what Kurt was thinking. But there was a guy right on his pocket. Yeah, I, again, this was a classic Minnesota choke job. This is what this franchise does. And we love it. Maybe it's what the NFC North does. Maybe we just need to say that. Break. Oh, hold on, Josh. I have late breaking news that the Chicago Bears won as many playoff games as the Minnesota Vikings this year. More to come tonight on the night. On the night. Yeah. And like getting to the playoffs is great, but if you don't win, it doesn't matter. It's it the is- same thing that I've said about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I don't care that you've gotten to the playoffs, I don't care that you've won regular season MVPs. Playoff time is what matters. And right. for you to be considered an elite-level franchise, you have to win in the playoffs. And right now, the Minnesota Vikings are nothing but a bunch of fraudulent posers who do not belong anywhere in the conversation of an elite-level franchise. Yep, they choked it away. You had a home playoff game against a team like the New York Giants with a first-year coach. You got out-coached. You got outplayed. You got out-schemed. And at, at right now, if you're Minnesota, you know you have a new coach as well. Okay. We got Which they fired their defensive coordinator today. I, right. So now 
I don't know. To me, if I'm Minnesota, I'm looking to upgrade the quarterback position this offseason. Um, I don't know what Kirk Cousins' contract situation is like. I don't know if what they what I'm gonna you know if you get rid of him, what the stipulations on that would be. But yeah, I just have. And a I problem. don't know. Maybe here's an idea: try to cover Darius Slayton so he doesn't average 22 yards a catch. I don't. But again, what do I know? Um, I think probably the most impressive performance for me the whole weekend was what the 49ers did in that second half to the Seahawks. Oh yeah, absolutely. The 49ers. And here's the thing, Josh, like the part with the 49ers for me is like, if they had a, I'm not saying Brock Purdy's not a good quarterback, but you think that if they had a elite level quarterback, this team would be unstoppable. And they already seem that way. The defense is playing phenomenal. They're getting turnovers. They're getting three and outs. They're getting off the field early. And the offense is sustaining long drives because you got CMC, great running back, and probably one of the best pass-catching running backs in football. Debo is back, and we saw how important that was on Saturday afternoon with his I – I don't even know what it was, like an 80-yard rushing touchdown, 60-yard yep. or whatever it was. Ayuk, Kittle, it's just so many fantastic weapons – on this team. And then you look in their defense, their defense is flying around. They're making plays to me, Josh, right now, the 49ers to me are the favorite in the NFC. Yeah. I think until we can see, I'm very interested to see it. And we'll, we'll get to this when we talk about this upcoming slate of games until we see, Hey, is Jalen and this Eagles offense back to what it was? I, until we get that full answer, I would say you're right. And I mean, the thing is, so th- this game jump out. I mean, they jump out ten nothing, and you're kind of like, oh, like th- this one could be over quickly. And then the Seahawks come back, put up 17 points in the second quarter, and you're like, wow, it's a ball game. And really, even through all the third quarter, it's still a ball game. But man, those first four minutes, five minutes of the fourth quarter, big plays. Turnovers leading to points, ball game. Right. Yeah, I bet you uh, Seattle's kind of wishing that the Packers would have just won. Yeah, I mean, I, they got they got pretty much worked in that second half. I mean, yeah. five over five hundred total yards of offense for the Niners. I th- this was just a complete beatdown in the second half in every aspect of the game. Yeah. Niners defensively clamped down. Offensively, they made plays. I mean, like you said, Debo seventy-four yard. They're calling it a pass. Fine, um, but the, the I think the thing that we got to look at as this whole was that there were two games that were blowouts, right? And then there were the four games that were in one possession. That were right. fantastic. And you could expect there to be at least one or two games that the other the seven seed is just gonna get worked, right? Right. And, and I mean, I, I think you look the NFL's model is working right now. I mean, people they're like, oh well, don't expand the playoffs, don't change. It's working. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Because let's be real, the Cowboys are a better team than the Bucks. Right. 
I mean, I would say in pretty much every game, the only one questionable would be the Jacks Chargers. The better team won, but you had competitive games. It works. Like this model works. Now, before we move on, uh, boy, what a collapse by L.A. Hey, uh, Matt Ryan. You can yeah, see I mean. Better now. Yeah. I, but that the problem with that was it was for Super Bowl. But. Yeah, but still, man. Josh 27 we, to nothing. It was over, bro. People are now. I don't know if these are true or not, but people were posting videos of them like waking up because they just gave up on their team, like Jacksonville betters and fans, and you know Chargers fans that are like, "I'm just going to bed. This game's over." And then they wake Can I up. Be honest. I did. I turned it off. But I I went to bed. I I just I was like, ah, well. 27 to nothing. Yep. I turned it off, and then I saw them starting to come back in the third quarter, so I thought, you know, I better just put this back on because why not? Yeah, I did. I mean, it was it was just off for I'm me. I'm glad I did because what a fantastic finish. Um, Chargers, man, just heartbreak. You, you know, last season with the heartbreak, too. Yeah, I just, I, but if you look at this from a Jag standpoint, like the fact is, is that I don't know if there has been a bigger one-year turnaround in a franchise. Like not just like football, but everything, the entire franchise. Like at this time last year, the conversation around the Jaguars was Urban Meyer getting lap dances. From right. some young girl at a bar, like that—that's what we were talking about with this franchise. And now we're talking about tied for the biggest comeback in postseason history. Right. I—it's unbelievable what the right people in the room can do. Right. And here's the thing, man. Trevor Lawrence, like he balled out. Yep. I mean, yeah, he threw four picks. Okay. But you know what? In the second half when it counted, he managed the game. Yep. And as I was saying, though, the heartbreak for the Chargers, this is back-to-back years. You were a tie away last year in week 18 of making the playoffs. Yeah. And then that whole timeout situation, the Raiders go down, kick a game-winning field goal when really all they needed to do was tie, and then the Steelers got in. Now the Steelers got trounced. But it's just still, like, if you're a Chargers fan, this is two years in a row of just absolute heartbreak. Yeah. At what point, at what point is it, okay, do we need to make changes? My answer is no right now. Brandon Staley just got very complacent on the offensive play calling it there at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but. And you learn. Yeah. But again, that, that seat's going to be very, very hot for Mr. Staley if struggles continue next year. Because here's the thing. The AFC West isn't going to be – I mean, you still have the Chiefs that you have to go through, period. Right. And so, I mean, again, I don't – 
The Broncos aren't going to be a real threat. Vegas is just a complete train wreck. Like Vegas went all in with their life savings this year. It didn't land on, you know, they bet all on black. It landed on red. And they're, they're kind of broke right now looking for an answer in Vegas and don't really know. So I, you're sitting as the second best team in that division. But again, at some point, you have to have playoff success. Right. This slate of games this weekend, these four, they're juicy. Yes. Let's be real. They are juicy. Yes. The only one that I would say, like, I'm not really intrigued by is this first game on Saturday. Because I think Kansas City is just going to wipe the floor with Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence did a very, very stupid thing this week. He said, and I quote, I do not think the fans in Kansas City are going to be any louder than our fans were last week in Jacksonville. Yeah. Why? Why would you say that? The do, Trevor Lawrence, have you ever heard the tomahawk chop? Yeah. It, Sorry, it racially insensitive. If it's racially insensitive yeah. anymore, I don't really know if that. No, I don't. It's but again, I think that's a naive kid. Like you don't, you don't, you don't give th- that whole like you don't poke a sleeping bear. No, why would you say that? I first off the. You don't even understand now how loud it's going to be an arrowhead, whatever it's called. I'm Correct. calling it arrowhead. It's arrowhead. We're calling it arrowhead. It's going to be loud, Josh. Yes, it is. Over under seven and a half false starts on Jacksonville on Sun on Saturday afternoon. I'll go under. I'm saying over. I think that they're going to have so many false starts because of how loud it's going to be. And you know that that crowd is going to get even louder when the first one happens, then the second one, then the third one. It's going to get louder and louder just because of what Trevor Lawrence said. And if I'm Kansas City, I'm playing that sound bite on the Jumbotron when the Jaguars get their first offensive possession. I'm playing the sound bite in the stadium, and you will have that place rocking Saturday afternoon. Yep. It, it's uh, yeah, they're, they're just they're they're in trouble. Yes. Um. I I really with this game, I don't think there's too much question. I I think this week what we're gonna do is we're gonna combine our picks with our game breakdowns. Um, yeah. I I'm just I'm gonna, with only four. I mean I'm gonna take Kansas City. I don't see any world where this game even stays close. No, I'm I'm taking Kansas City and I'm taking them to cover that nine and a half spread. Right, and that's it. Like these spreads are low, and that spread I think is really, really low. Yeah, I think Kansas City wins by ten plus for sure. Yeah. Um, Saturday night, man, NFC East, and the the real thing that I'm intrigued about here, and I touched on it earlier, is is Jalen healthy? And not only that, man, but like if you're Kansas City, you're feeling pretty good, like of the team that you get coming off your bye, right? And now you're Philadelphia. I don't think you're feeling as comfortable as no. Kansas City. 
I think this Giants football team is coming in to Philadelphia looking to do some damage, Josh. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. They played them close in week 18. Right. And that was with Jalen Hurts. Right. Yep. I agree. So they know they can. Now that, that's the thing. They know they can play with you. Right. So that's so that's what I mean. You know, they so they played the two games they played, the Eagles won 48 to 22 early December. But then I feel like the Giants really got hot. Yep. After that game against the Eagles where they got blown out. They beat the Commanders, they beat the Giants, they were played close against the Vikings on Christmas Eve where they they, they, they were a 62-yard field goal away from beating the Vikings. Right? They they demolished the Colts and again, one possession against the Eagles. I I'm just telling you right now if I'm the Eagles, I'm not taking this game lightly nor do I think they are going to. Josh, I, the saying goes, it is difficult to beat a team three times. It is. You are seeing this team for the third time. These guys know each other. Yep. It's going to come down to one possession. I truly believe that if you're p- picking with the spread, I'm taking the Giants plus seven and a half. I think that this is a three, four, six-point game, even seven. And if you take the seven and a half points with the Giants, you're set. I think this is a one-possession game. I'll pick this game first, Josh. All right. The road to the Super Bowl for the Niners will not get easier. I think the Eagles win, but I think they win by a field goal. I think that the Eagles win a very close football game, but I think the difference is Eagles playing at home. Jalen, I think, is healthy. I think their defense flies around. I think if they were smart, they put a quarterback spy on Daniel Jones to limit his touches in the rush game as well. I see Philly winning this football game by three, but they will not cover the seven-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah. My thing with the Eagles is that really since they beat down the Giants, they haven't looked good. No. At all. They really truly haven't. And I, it's really hard once you've started a slide to get that switch back. Now, if there's one thing that helps – it could be the little mini reset that they've just had. I was just about to say that, Josh. I really think this bye week for any team is exactly what Philadelphia needed. So, with that being said, I like the Eagles. I not only like the Eagles, I like them to cover. Ooh, yeah, I, I like them to cover strictly on the grounds of I think this defense is going to come to play. And I don't think that the Giants offense, like the the Vikings defense was a fraud. It had been a fraud. They had just come off of week 17, giving up 40 plus points to the Packers. I, I think this Eagles defense 
is on a different level. And I think that that really limits the Giants. I think if Daniel Jones has some turnovers early, if they give the Eagles short fields at all, those are going to turn to seven points. Yeah, And so that, that's where I like the Eagles. Yep. Uh, moving on to Sunday slate. Um, Do we think Sunday slate is way better than Saturday oh, slate? Oh, a thousand percent. Because I think the marquee game of the weekend is your Sunday afternoon game. Yeah, and okay. How many more storylines do we want here? The game that didn't get to be played, getting played in the playoffs in a different location. This is this should be this is the tiebreaker, right? This is, you know, yeah. everybody said, okay, well, what would have happened if this game's would have actually gotten played? Here you go. Here's your opportunity. It's going to be an emotional game, though. You think about it, everything that had happened. But I think this is going to be the most entertaining game of the weekend. Yeah, and I hope, as a side note, I mean, obviously, this game is being played under the cloud of what happened to DeMar Hamlin. Um, I hope that the crowd in Buffalo at least acknowledges Cincinnati a little bit for how this all played out. Oh, yeah, you would hope. I, I mean, you hope that they do. Now, listen, that ball gets kicked. Yeah, beat their brains in, 100%. Exactly. But I at least hope that they acknowledge a little bit yeah, that, I hey, that they were – again, it was handled perfectly, the whole situation. Buffalo at home, this is a put-up-or-shut-up game for Josh Allen. Yep. Like – if this Buffalo team wants to be considered elite, which between you, me, the fly on the wall, I think they are. This is the game that you have to win. Number one, it's at home. What, what more do you want to say? Number two, you have to get to your conference championship if you're the Bills. Because if you don't, all of those thoughts from last year, you can dominate all you want to, but if you don't win the playoffs, that this is a must-win game for the Bills. To be considered that top tier, you got to win this game. That's a lot of pressure for him, man. Oh, yeah. Because we know that Joe Burrow can win games like this. Oh, absolutely. We, we know. He did last year. Now, he came up short in the Super Bowl. Fine. However, Josh Allen hasn't – he hasn't won these big games yet. Right. And you can win in the regular season all you want to. you got to win in the playoffs. This is a huge game for, I think, how we view Josh Allen and how we view the Buffalo Bills. And I think the Bills squeak through and get this one done. But, man, I it is razor close. I think right now, if you're an NFL fan, if Kansas City wins on Saturday, which they should, you, you're, you're playing house money. You're going to get a fantastic AFC championship game. Either way, 
I I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. I call him the Jay Cutler of Cincinnati. Just a I don't care. I don't care what people say about me. Goes out there and says screw it and just plays his tail off. And he gets killed doing it. His offensive line played awful. They're on their third rotation of guys. Guys were getting banged up. And so to me, that's the storyline this week that I, I've i been following because I think that that's a huge factor in this game. If, if Cincinnati's offensive line cannot block any better than they did last Sunday, Burrow's in trouble. Yeah. Buffalo's defense is playing fairly well. Now, granted, you gave up 31 to the Dolphins at a third-string quarterback. It's going to be a little bit harder against Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, you know, Tyler Boyd. It's going to be tough. I mean, I think the biggest thing you have to look at with this one, will Josh Allen take care of the football? So, so if you look at the Bengals – in their last five postseason games, so going back to last year and including this year's first wild card game, they've created 11 turnovers in five games. If Josh Allen does not take care of the football, this Bengals team will get turnovers. And if they do that, look out. Right. So all that being said, my pick is the Bills. On the fact that, one, Josh Allen, I think, is going to take a much better care of the football this week. Two, I think Joe Burrow's offensive line struggles, causes Joe Burrow to turn the ball over a couple times, maybe not interceptions, but fumbles. I think Buffalo wins this football game, and we get the dream matchup of Kansas City-Buffalo in Atlanta. Which has already sold 50,000 tickets. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Like that's just so good. And that's just the season ticket holders for the two franchises. That's not even including general public sales because they haven't gone on sale to the general public yet. Right. That game is going to be sold out. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I just stuff. It's awesome. Um, but what I think is the game of the weekend for me. Um, you, don't, you think this is better than Buffalo-Cincinnati? I do. I do. Because I think for me – This game has all the makings of an absolute classic. I I do not think this is better than Cincinnati Buffalo, but if I were ranking the games, this would be number two. I think it's Cincinnati Buffalo, and then I think it's Dallas and San Francisco. But I think that this is a great defensive matchup. This game right here, Christian, to me, is going to come down to one individual and one individual only. Please say Brett Maher. Please say Brett Maher. No. Uh, Mike McCarthy. Oh. Because, okay, I'm just like, I'm just going to stack this up for you, okay? This Cowboys defense is playing out of their minds right now. You're going up against a backup quarterback. Isn't there someone on the other sideline that didn't Mike have to call him daddy when he was at Green Bay? 
Right. Correct. Which is why, if you let me finish, instead of bringing up demons, that honestly, on paper, to me, I think this game is just about pickup. Because I look at this Cowboys, and I know it sounds crazy, okay? But I look at the Cowboys' schedule on who they played, and I think it is remarkably more difficult than the schedule that the Niners had to play. I, the, the Niners played in the NFC West. You got six games against the Rams, terrible. The Seahawks weren't great. And the Cardinals, who are a train wreck. Now, I get that the San Francisco 49ers have not lost since or, uh, October 23rd. Fair enough. Okay. They've gone from three and four to 13 and four, now technically 14 and four. That's all fine and good. However, this Cowboys team, man, if that defense, that completely shut down the Niners comes to play. Man, I don't put it past this Cowboy team. I I don't put it past them, man. And I just have a feeling we always have one or two crazy upsets in the divisional round. And to me, this is shaping up to be that one. But I look at the other games of the week, and I don't see the favorite losing any of these games. I really don't. This is the one where I'm like, it's not completely crazy to think that Purdy gets hit in the first quarter, gets rattled, can't really make any throws, and then Dallas is able to key on the run. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. a defensive struggle. And if you keep this within a one-score game and you give me Dak Prescott with the way that he handled that game on uh, Monday night, you give me the ball with Dak in this offense, okay, like let, go make a play. I'm taking the Cowboys. Well, Josh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I really want to pick for San Francisco. They're the hottest team in football. They have all the weapons in the world. It just has that feeling, doesn't it? I just have a feeling that exactly what you said was going to be my main point. You got Mr. Irrelevant and Dak Prescott. Is Mr. Irrelevant going to get a little yippy with a a fantastic defense like Dallas when those secondary guys are flying around? I think this is exactly what happens. And Gosh, Josh, it makes me so mad. When you started going, I was was like, no, that's literally – I was going to be the one that made the shocking point that I was going to pick against the San Francisco 49ers. I was going to be like, why? This is why. The first drive of the game, if Purdy 
does not put points on the board and he throws an interception or if he fumbles and all of a sudden he gets a little scared, we have yet to see a game where Purdy had to come back. Yep. Where he had to make plays and he and he got he does have the guys to do it. But how is he going to respond in a divisional round with a trip to an NFC championship game on the line? Right. And now here's another point. I want to read you the teams that the 49ers have beaten on this win streak. The Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals twice, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Bucks. Are, are the, the Seahawks. Are the Bears on that list? No. The oh. Commanders and the Raiders. Who on there is actually an impressive win? They're right. only like there, there are two road games there where Seattle, which that's not okay. I, I'd say probably the best win on that is at Seattle. Right. And so I am picking the Cowboys based on the quarterback matchup. And that the Dallas defense plays a little better on Sunday than the San Francisco defense. And I think Dak sends the Cowboys to Philly for a rematch, for the rubber match. Which, let's go. Give me a Phillies, give me an Eagles Cowboys, Dallas and Philly. Give me that matchup all day. Like you give me KC Buffalo, Dallas Philly. I think we're good either though, or I think Philly, San Francisco, or Philly. Oh, that'd be great too. But Absolutely. I, I just I have a feeling, and I hate you for having the same feeling. So you know what that means? It's not going to happen. San Francisco's going to win by two. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, hey, I, again, we, we, I, we can't say it enough. Football's just undefeated. Yep. I, it really is. Our last weekend of multiple days of football. For the year, um, after this, we're down to our final four, which is great. Like it's unbelievable, right? And it's a bummer to think that we have three more games of football after this weekend. But Christian, there is a little song that is quietly starting to play in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which we will get to, but. Uh, anyway, from all of us here at LR Weekly, enjoy the divisional dandies, and we will talk to you all next week.